0: Knowledge is power now more than ever.
1: Marco.
2: Sean, here we go.
1: Here we are. Another year, another day of appreciation.
2: Ah, I love those days when you just feel appreciated. <laughs> I hope every day is what was Christmas like that, or holiday, or whatever your holiday is. Appreciation exactly. Day, it should be uh, every day. And that's yep. what we're here to talk about.
1: Well, do you know where you need to be to be appreciated? In the sock. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about being in the SOC. Uh, we, we know uh, very well the, the hard work that the, the sock analysts and, and leaders leaders do to help protect the businesses they're in and the customers they serve and society that they live in. And uh, a lot of pressure on the shoulders of, of those teams. And they don't get the respect nor the or the appreciation that they deserve oftentimes. So that's what we're here to talk about today as part of uh, the SOC Analyst Appreciation Day. It's our third year, Marco, where we get to participate.
2: And I'm gonna make the joke here. I really do feel appreciated because we were Sorry. on these from the inception, from the concept conceptualization of the idea, and we're so glad to see that. Every year has been doubling the audience. Many interesting people always joining the panel. Many panels happening, and uh, we're one of them. So let's let's get it started, Sean.
1: One, one of many amazing conversations being held today, and uh, I'm thrilled to have this one. We did it the first year. This the uh, the day in the life of a sock analyst, and uh, we're going to dig into what that means, where we are, where we're headed, what a what a good day looks like, and uh, how do we achieve that. And we have a great panel here, Marco. We have Jules, JJ, and David joining us, and I'm going to give them each a moment to say a quick word about what they're doing and and why this is important to them. We're gonna we're gonna start with you, Jules. Sure,
3: it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Jules Okafor. I'm the CEO and founder of Revolution Cyber. Uh, I started uh, talking to the the folks over at uh, Devo about this topic because I think oftentimes it is one of the most underappreciated roles, but it also is the foundation for a security program that's actually working. Um, And so my company focuses on how to build out cultures and then subcultures within an organization. And one of the areas we talk a lot about are the people parts and SOC analysts and their work with other parts of the security team um, is often challenged. And I want to talk a little bit about how that reveals itself in sort of the day in the life.
1: It's easy to forget that there are people in there. It's not all just technology. <laughs>
4: JJ, well, thank you for having me here. Um, so my name is JJ Davy. I'm a global sock lead at Marks and Spencers, one of the biggest uh, retailers in Britain, and uh, you know we have a presence in Europe as well. Um, a little bit of a biased opinion. Our food is great. I love our food, um, not just because I get a discount. Uh, but what do I do in sock? Uh, what don't I do in sock? I think that would probably be easier to answer. But I mainly focus on security operation maturity and how we can leverage technology and people, as well as improving the processes around the whole ecosystem of security operations to ensure that it's not only effective, but it's delivering on the promises that the business set out for it to require. So there's a lot of stuff that I do. Uh, The SecOps Institute is something that I currently created to kind of all that knowledge into one area so people can just quickly go reference that and I also have a newsletter at the moment called the SecOps Informer where I kind of dissect key topics to help people understand security operations a bit, a bit better but once again thank you for having me here it's really a pleasure to be here yeah
1: you you, you got me at food and I have to agree with you the, <laughs> uh, the sandwiches are top notch uh, but we're not here to talk about food uh, we're here to talk about the sock and David tell us a little bit about yourself
5: Uh, yes. Um, uh, thank you for having me today. Uh, I I greatly appreciate everyone here at the appreciation day. Um, my name is David Meese and, um, I have a, uh, cyber tech Dave, uh, consulting and, and, and also do do a lot of things, uh, in the, in the sock. And I appreciate everyone here today again. And, uh, and you know, as a as a, a SOC analyst, I try to spread spread as much uh, awareness as I can to, to everyone because it's so so you know so important to, to stay informed on the on the cyber you know threats and you know doing the threat threat intelligence, keeping every everyone informed in the SOC, doing uh you know like uh, red team uh, exercises, things things like that you know to to help to help better the, uh, defend, defend the company, but yeah, that's just a little, little bit about, and, uh, I've been working in it and cyber for about, for about five years now. And, uh, you know, I found myself in, uh, doing, uh, doing it work after doing a little bit of system, system administration work and, uh, you know, felt, fell in love with, uh, the security, Aspect and the and the and the sock side of things, so I appreciate
1: it. I love it, and I, I think the three things Marco are the the human, the promise, and the awareness, and uh, in in being informed. I think that's going to kind of be the theme for today's conversation. What do you think? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I think we already heard the word appreciation so many times, and (laughs) I'm so glad. I kind of put the smile on your face. You know, words have meaning, and it's important to remember that. Um, I would like to just start with a quick round on Something that I don't want to focus too much because we already know that there are problems in the SOC. There are like, you know, a, m- a mental issue. There is a lot of pressure. That's why we're here. That's why this event was actually started. So uh, we shouldn't dwell too much into it. But a quick round maybe to say, look, th- this is really what's going wrong. And and here we, we will outline what we suggest to make that day in the sock a lot better. So again, Jules, let's start with you. Um, a quick round on this.
3: Yeah. So I would say that, from my experience, the biggest issue in the sock is noise fatigue. Um, there just is, and I and I think it's reflective of an overwhelming problem with security as a whole. Is that everything's an emergency. So you're, you're, you're really responding to all the different alerts. And the worst part is if the, the, uh, the SIM or the tool isn't properly configured, um, you're not even sure if you're responding to the right alerts. You're not sure what's critical versus what's high. And basically, then you don't, have an, you don't have an ability to better manage your time. And you're really unproductive because what you're saying to the organization, and look, every time a SOC analyst um goes or, or a member of the sock goes out into the business there's a friction created we immediately ask someone to take an action if we're not sure that that's the right action not only are you annoying people in the business but then you might miss the thing that you actually need to focus on so i find that we're designing technology that makes a ton of noise but it doesn't give a ton of insights and so i really empathize with analysts who have to figure that out while they're responding in real time
4: Now I'm gonna approach this from a slightly different angle. The problem isn't necessarily the technology, it's the adoption of that technology and the processes surrounding the adoption of that technology. So the technology is there to be a solution to a problem, but most of the problems are being caused by poor processes or people lacking the skills to adopt that technology. So it's creating a lot of problems. Now I've seen um, really top of the line SIM tools being used poorly to the point where they just create pure noise. And I asked the question, do you have a content lifecycle management process? Are you building analytical rules to tune out the noise and focus on the wood through the trees? The answer to that question, normally no, is that, well, you're not doing anything to utilize and contextualize that technology within your organization. And then I asked the question, are you enriching that data? No. Okay, so how do you know the context behind that data? There's also the element of most organizations don't know To categorize security incidents, they don't know the definition between a security event, a security alert, and a security incident, so it creates a bit of a problem because we start to respond to security alerts as opposed to security incidents, so that creates a bit of a kind of critical mash pressure chamber where everything is an incident and nothing is just simply an alert, like a warning light on your engine and your car. Well, not you not necessarily have to pull over straight away and start looking at your engine, you may need to, you know, book in a kind of time in with a mechanic the next day and go and have your engine looked at. The problem is everybody is so worried about things at the moment. Nobody's approaching security operations with pragmatism or saying, let's be more realistic about this. Let's understand that not everything is critical. Not everything needs to be responded to straight away. We need to prioritise it based on the criticality of core business systems and understand the core business operation. We're missing alignment very much in this industry.
3: Can I respond really quickly? I think JJ's right. I think, though, if we were to take your car analogy, if all of the lights in your car came on at the same time and it did that every time you drove, you would say there was something wrong with the car. So we can say that the processes around the technology are poor, I mean, yeah, are poor. And the people are thinking of everything as being an incident. But you also have to ask when the technology matures to account for the fact that people think this way. So we're getting better technology that is automated and delivered in a way where it isn't as reliant on those processes. We've done SIM and I sold SIM my first SIM eight, nine years ago um, into uh, South Africa. I sat in the sock And it was the best at the time, sort of the AV Splunk integration. Um, Yeah. The amount of people you had to have make that work. I could say we needed more people, or I can admit there's, there is an issue with the way technology is being built. It isn't built holistically. It's built from this idea. All I need to do is give them these capabilities. Whereas one of the CISOs I've been talking to, he says, he would love technology that thought about the end-to-end processes. Because if we're saying we want best practice, why aren't the technologies keeping up with those practices as 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 the industry matures? So I agree with you, but I also think that it's an overall industry problem, and I think a lot of the way we're building technology is flawed.
2: David, what do you think?
5: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of socks is failing. Uh, just just because of not being able to tune out false positive alerts you know appropriately because you know you think about it we're going through like hundreds of alerts you know every single day so you know we just get like what jj was saying you know we we need to prioritize and focus on what's important you know and what's not because i mean if we get so so over overwhelmed as sock analysts you know we we may miss a, a real you know a real threat so so I think uh, I think that's one of the uh, one thing that needs to that we have a problem and uh, another thing I think too that's failing in a lot of socks is the uh, you know the organizational like leadership the leadership is just not there they're not as supportive and you know. And helps the team like they like they really need to, you know, dig in the executive uh, side of things as well. So
1: I love love that you said that, Dave, because the uh, I think I've seen this in the in the multiple decades I've been in tech with the just in general technology building stuff and making it run. Uh, there's a sense of heroism there, and you add on the the we uh, we're. we're we're super cool in this cybersecurity space, yes. um, we become even greater heroes. And I, I think there's a bit of, I don't want to put this solely on the analysts. I think there's a bit of if I, if the harder I'm working, the better I look. And the more secret it is, the better it seems I'm doing to those who, yes. Presumably, care about it. And Jules, I know you you do security culture as a service, so I, I'm really interested in your, and of course the others as well. But I'm interested in your viewpoint on on the concept if of heroism.
3: Literally, you took the word out of my mouth. I think that's the challenge. Is culturally, security is set up to fight fires. And if you think about where 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 cybersecurity came out of, it's very military focused, right? And in the military, they're always vigilant. They're always saving the day. They're rescuing countries. So we've brought that thought process into a biz- business function. The only other function that operates like that is like executive protection or security or, or like physical security teams. So um, at times, security and, and, and it's, it's, the culture is visible in the analyst because you're rewarded for spotting the big thing, but not for building up processes that are sustainable over time that no one can see. So it does encourage this kind of heroism, but you don't get the impact. And that's why a lot of times with organizations, one of the first things they do is they outsource the sock because they weren't able to get the values that they were looking for, and now they've just made it a cost. So it's important to think about as an analyst for job protection, in addition to promotion, how do I take what I'm doing, not only make it um, um, so it looks like I'm saving the day, But I've also solved a business problem that they didn't even know they had. And I think that's a better way to think about it.
2: Yeah. David, do you want to jump on this? Because I'm thinking like, it's almost like if you haven't had a good, a bad day, you haven't had a good day. You haven't been good enough if you're not stressed (laughs) out. So that's not a good culture
5: there. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, like what she was saying about heroism, you know, we're like, the thought process we have is like, we're trying to get as many numbers, you know, metrics, a lot of socks, I think, focus on numbers over top of, you know, quality. So, yeah, I I can definitely, I definitely agree, uh, agree with you there because there's just so many people, uh, you know, it's like reaching out, like especially leadership, even, even some leaders is saying to focus on the like numbers of alerts, but, at the end of the day i think you know uh, it's better to slow slow down and you know take your time and and actually do more uh you know threat intelligence everything you need to do before you before you move on to another another alert you know just to because because we're taught to just like be like you know just just like boom boom just keep going like one alert after another and you just don't really have time i think a lot of uh socks you know really focus on numbers instead of focusing on the quality of the uh task at hand
1: yeah it'd be interesting to what uh, i'd love to hear of course we won't but <laughs> i'd love to hear what percentage of uh, sock analysts feel like they're they're a machine in a cog or a cog in the machine and and jj i want your perspective on this as well um Cause I'm wondering, is is there a way to redirect the heroism where we're actually heroes for the team, not heroes for the program or for the the stats, (laughs) for example?
4: So I'm going to be a little bit abrasive against the entire kind of opinion here. And I think security analysts and SOC analysts as well as entire security kind of ecosystem has an ego problem and ego really is the enemy. Um, we believe that we're heroes in the business. We believe that we're this. We believe with that. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And I think this ego is also causing us to be less approachable by the business. And the business doesn't want to take us seriously because we put ourselves into this position where we think we're more important than we actually are. But when we actually look at it and we strip everything back and we look at business administration and business fundamentals, even economics, security is a cost center. Security costs the business money. We don't make money, unless security is a product and we're a managed security service provider, we cost a business money. You know, We're a luxury to some businesses, so we need to be able to show them that the investment that they've had in us is actually worth it. And if we're there being ineffective and just fighting false positives every single day, then we're not really truly living up to that return on security investment that we've originally been set out to, to, to prove. So the, the truest metric to security doing well Is the business doing well? If the business is not having incidents and the business is continuing to thrive, that's security doing their job well. If security are putting themselves in this method of being a hero because they are fighting fires, then to me, that is actually relevant of security doing incredibly bad. If there's fires happening in your fireproof building... That is more uh, your responsibility as a security professional, as a security analyst, to make sure that those fires don't even materialize in the first place. So the truest metric to us actually doing our job well is business performance. If the business is doing well, we're doing well. If we're fighting fires, we're failing.
2: Nice. It kind of makes me think like we, we've been focusing on technology for the like long like time. Like a
1: firefighter. That's what yeah. makes you think
2: like. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> exactly. But, but, you know, I think let, let, let's let move into, I'm going to stay with JJ, so we, we kind of switch the circle here. So with picture very clearly the bad day and the, maybe the the war on culture, let's start talking about how we can improve that. And do we need to, as I think, focus on the human side more than the technology side?
1: Yeah, what's a good what's a good day look like, JJ? Yeah,
4: <laughs> so I I think a good day is when you start to be taken seriously by other business functions, when they start to ask you questions and they start to understand the importance of security. That is a good day, because understanding is to me the the the, the quintessentially the most important thing that security can have with the businesses, understanding the business, business understanding you, other functions understanding you, understanding each other, understanding each other's problems, understanding each other's pain points. That, to me, is a good day. Nothing to do with technology. Sorry, Jake. Do
1: you have an example of that, maybe?
4: Yeah. So I've seen in businesses before where they have, like, a security champion scheme where they champion people that have been maybe reporting phishing emails or reporting scams or anything like that. And I've seen it before where people report phishing emails and you send them a send a message saying, you know, thank you for helping us keep the business secure. And then they reply back to that saying, just doing my bit. And for me, that is, that's brilliant. If, if they can turn around somebody they're not even paid to be security, they're not even responsible for security. It's not even on their job description, but yet they're doing security. They're being cyber savvy. To me, that is a good day.
1: David, what do you think?
5: Yeah, I, I definitely, I agree with JJ. I mean, that's a good, good thing. Uh, and an effective, effective communication. That's definitely key because, you know, our ability to convey, you know, information over to other team members and being able to speak, you know, with, uh, external stakeholders, if we need to reach out, whatever the issue may be. And then, uh, like JJ was talking about, and whenever they understand us too, it makes it even better. To where that where, where we can, like you know, talk through, uh, communicate even even more. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's a little bit. Also, uh, I was just going to add to that, but yeah, de- definitely. I'm mm-hmm.
1: wondering, David, do you have any do you have any thoughts or an example of something? that we're doing today that we should potentially change or something you've seen where uh, a SOC team and an analyst is in a better position because of the change that, that the organization has made to the program?
5: Um. Well, I've seen some teams like, I guess, like, like giving like an analysts uh, maybe a little bit more, more responsibility. So I think that that really helps too. Like, over overall, because you know, like what we had talked about earlier, you know, you just sometimes, you know, you just feel like you're just like this cog, you know, doing the same the same task over and over. So I think, you know, if you give your analysts like the ability to let's say work on uh, security awareness, uh, maybe do more threat intel uh, to spread that message, you know, throughout the team. And, I think that 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 uh, is definitely like an improve, improvement as, as well. That way, no one's like maybe switch out doing different different tasks. That way, no one's just like stuck on the same same thing, you know, all all day. So,
2: right. And Jules, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about culture because this is where we're going with this. Like, you know, I always say that when you do good things, you don't get much appreciation because everybody expects you to be successful in, in, in what you do. But then the moment that you do something wrong, I mean, that's that's hell coming down. <laughs> so yes. that and that's a culture issue. So well, where can we start changing that? Yeah, <laughs> where, where can we start changing this? Culture? So
3: the way to think about it is um, your ability to successfully build a, a positive security culture is directly related to the overall culture of the organization, but you're you're actually succeeding as a program when your culture starts to influence the broader organizational culture. And the way to look at it is, a lot of people talk about culture in, in the same vein as awareness, and that's not what culture is. Essentially, culture is kind of this intangible manifestation of all the behaviors, processes, decisions, spending, that the security organization is making, you're able to see the culture in the way security interacts with the rest of the, the organization, how quickly security tickets are closed out, how much people, like JJ said, come to security and ask questions, how many people report phishing emails, how many times we, get a, we, get, like, we hear back from the business, um, I really appreciated X, Y, Z thing that you did, you saved me in one way or another. Those are tangible cultural outputs that you can measure across the organization. But I think more importantly, what I try to guide people on is you need to set up specific ways by which you're trying to influence culture through people. But one, you want to have situations in which you're cross-functionally training your SOC team, your security team, to do the roles of other people so they can see end to end what security looks like across the board. So you wanna have you know, the, the threat intel team sitting closely, it, maybe inside the SOC. You wanna have your security awareness person sitting with, the, um, with, with some of the SOC team so they understand what kinds of threats they should be promoting. There needs to be that kind of cross-functional communication and training. Another thing is lunch for a day, right? You want people to go out, have lunch with people outside the business, understand what their jobs are, understand the kinds of concerns of security that they're concerned about and just talk so having security come from outside the sock is one of the easiest ways to get um the business to adopt culture and then to be influenced by it
1: in the food you have me at the food anytime there's food involved i think we're on the right track um (laughs) speaking of right track i'm going to go off you you mentioned a few things that that we're measuring and and jj i want to go to you with this the I feel that the measurements we have in place are technology driven, right? Uh, how many volumes do we have? How many instances do we have? What's our mean time to X? And that puts pressure on and kind of takes away from the other things you're talking about, JJ, where how is the business doing in relation to our security program? So I'm wondering what types of measurements, be it uh, yeah, qualitative or quantitative can we do that perhaps inspires the analyst to do different things in support of the business? Not necessarily get rid of the other stuff. Um, I'm 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 sorry to say we probably can't get rid of things that sit heavy on our shoulders, but perhaps there are some things that can lift us up a little as well. So any ideas on those?
3: So, and that's for me?
1: Either one. I said JJ, but go for it, JJ.
3: Okay, so one of the things I think is easiest, and JJ is better at it because that's what he does. But what I've seen work quite a bit is we need to start to um, reward in the form of appreciation like we're doing today, um, the SOC analysts for the work that they're doing and encourage them on the kinds of behaviors we want to see them repeat. Right. A lot of times analysts will say, well, I didn't even know that that was a problem. or I didn't know that that was important. I think too much, too many times we're not effectively awarding and rewarding ahead of time so people so there's not a motivation to do more than they're doing because they get all the negative and none of the positive i think the other thing if you're if i think about what's worked that i've seen work is sock analysts sitting on like like uh, david said champions programs where they have the ability to meet with various parts of the team and also influence things many of them just want to be heard And just want to be able to contribute and get people to understand what it is that they do. So that's where I've seen work. And I wonder, I'd love to hear what JJ thinks.
4: So I've actually been studying quite a lot of uh, kind of psychology as it relates to leadership and and stuff like that. And I think there is a kind of flawed concept around rewarding behavior in, in the SOC. Now, the problem is, is when you start to reward behavior of analysts, you start to make people feel outcasted you start to make other analysts feel like they're underperforming and all that kind of stuff. And then they want to think, actually, if I'm not doing a good job, or even though I've done all of this, um, because you're measuring something else and you're rewarding on that particular metric, but the other analysts have gone and done other stuff, yet they feel like they're underappreciated because other analysts are being rewarded and not them, it starts to make them feel outcasted. So what I like to do is, is, is not to use metrics as a measurement of rewarding, but reward the entire function for the overall performance of the function itself. So the security operation center is a function in the business and it has functional goals, has functional requirements. It has goals it needs to meet and achieve. And I think that success, the success criteria should be how well is the entire function achieving those goals. Now, as a manager, you do need to have metrics that measure the entire ecosystem of the security operation center. You need to measure a machine to see how well it's producing a product. That's a given. So we need to really look at how well and how bad is the SOC doing? And it's incredibly important to kind of note, have that note to yourself to say, I'm not using these metrics to, to actually become a toxic manager. I'm not here to punish people or use these as punitive reasons. I'm here to just simply know where we could do better as a function. I'm not here to punish or reward individuals. The entire function is going to be rewarded. So let's just say that our weekly our yearly goal or let's say quarterly goal was to reduce our average time to respond, for example. And we've met that reduction goal. I'm going to reward the entire team and say, hey, we're going to go for a team lunch. We're going to go for a team lunch. We're going to have a bit of a shindig. We're going to have some beers. We're going to have a good time because we've met this goal as a function. What I'm not going to do is saying, hey, you've managed to close this man of tickets this week. Congratulations, you're top performer this week. Because that makes the other analysts feel really bad. Because what if the other analysts have worked on harder tickets and this analyst has been cherry picking tickets and I'm just rewarding them for cherry picking tickets when this analyst has done very complex tickets? So for me, it's like, where do I draw the line and what's an appropriate metric to start rewarding on? Because psychologically, that can cause a lot more damage than you than people believe. So I think appreciation should be a functional thing, not particularly just an analyst thing.
2: I agree. And and that's, that's, that's a lot of things that you can see in like leadership books when you, you can picture the entire, you can show the entire picture of the business and every single element is contributing to that. And not like you said, that's your specialization. You're either doing good or bad in that very limited area. So I really love what, where you were going with this. Uh, David, any, anything to, to add to this?
5: I I was just gonna say I I just agree with JJ because I think that you know because a lot of analysts could be like cherry picking like low just like low low hanging fruit you know like the easy tickets so it's really not fair to anyone you know I think that rewarding people as a whole as a team you know is is uh, the best way to appreciate you know as our sock uh, appreciation. <laughs> David, yeah, it's, uh, but yeah that's, that's definitely how I would, I would go about it, too.
1: Dave, I, want, I know, Mark, you want to move to kind of the future stuff, but I'd, I'd like David's thoughts on the, the, the idea or the concept of kind of the whack-a-mole, right? If, mm. if, if MTTX is the thing we're constantly hitting and not paying attention to the other things popping up, in other words, the impact of our, of our SOC program on the rest of the program, um, it could could impact our SOC program in in return, right? Um, so I don't know if you have any insights on on how you look outside of the SOC program to see how what you're doing in, uh, affects or impacts the rest of the security program.
5: Yeah, that's a that's a really good uh, good good question. You know, uh, I think I think uh, that might be a good really good one for 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 JJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but but yeah, I can definitely see you know that making a making a difference as far as like you know just raising like uh, just ba- like securities security awareness outside of the team and you know around the sock like focusing not only just in the sock but like the human a- aspect or to to, to, uh, to every every function of the of the business not just the sock but like had like uh, for instance like HR uh, make making sure that they're uh, up to date you know uh, on on phishing emails doing cyber security awareness training think uh, things like that so. <laughs>
3: I would, I would I would, offer that um, just to take it back. I think in terms of how it is that we think about um, what analysts needs, I think I've worked with very many of them. And when we talk about this concept of rewarding, it's people are being rewarded anyway. Um, and one of the things I like to promote for SOC leaders is collaboration and not being seen as, um, being seen as, and when I say reward, I mean inside the organization, they are doing rewards. Pulling some of that into the biz, into security allows the security team to feel like they're part of what's happening. Most times rewards are, are distributed through an organization. The SOC team does not get it. They don't get the rewards because they're not even visible or seen. The only time you can see security is when something bad happens. So what I think about all the time, and, you, and to your question to David, that if we're going to pull the SOC analysts outside, at least with their mindset, outside the, um, the SOC, they need to take on what the rest of the organization is doing and how it is that, that teams are built, how they're rewarded, how they talk about the, the language that a SOC uses, because what, the language that works inside the SOC, if you have a conversation outside, you will either bore people or completely confuse them. And so there's this need for the security department, the operations teams, not to be seen as antagonistic and just not receptive to anything going on outside of it. So there are ties that need to be created and the best ways to do that tends to be culturally in language, in uh, food, like events, engagement. And then more importantly, what I find over time is we want to start to have analysts being raised up beyond the CISO role Able to take over maybe CIO roles one day. We want to look at them and see maybe they could be, you know, um, BSOs assigned to specific departments for the purpose of bringing security into the business. And the only way to do that is to shift the way we're talking about security and to pull in the larger organizations' principles and pinnings so that there's consistency in the way that the team is managed.
2: Well said. Well said. And you know what's going to help with that? AI I mean can wait so <laughs> uh, could, we we need we need to, to to touch on that before we finish this panel and I know that there is a dedicated panel to that, but I think we want to look at that from you know how it's going to change maybe from a mental health uh, interaction between people and I know you know we, we really don't know but we can Think about it. Maybe we can imagine some scenarios. So, JJ, I mean, are you afraid of AI? Are you welcoming AI? What do you see, like a doom and gloom or making life a little bit better in the SOC?
4: this is going to come across quite negative, and it's not meant to come across this way. But AI is simply just another piece of technology, and we can barely use the technology that we have very well. So if we are expecting AI to do the job for us, then we are incredibly mistaken. AI's purpose is augmentation. It's augmentation of the analysts, It's augmentation of um, the kind of objectives that we need to meet. However, all technology is there to solve a problem. It's up to us to contextualize that technology in relation to the goal it's trying to solve, or the goal it's trying to achieve. One of the biggest problems that I, I, I kind of find when it comes to new technology is we bring it on, spend all this money, brilliant, but now we don't have the expertise to contextualize and align it to the organizational goals, the objectives, to contextualize it to the environment itself. For example, let's go back to just the basic SIM tool, which we are getting incredibly wrong. And if we think that AI and automation is gonna solve this problem, then I have news for you. It's absolutely not gonna solve this problem. It's just gonna exacerbate the problem and make it even worse. If that is incredibly misconfigured, then what's AI gonna do? Work upon misconfigured data. No, you know, it all goes to this adage. If you put poor quality materials into a factory, expecting it to make the best of the best furniture, well, it's news for you. It's going to make poor furniture. Rubbish in, rubbish out. And AI is just going to work on rubbish quicker, and it's going to make rubbish quicker. So for me, I'm not afraid for the technology itself. I'm more afraid by the people that's going to be using the technology because we haven't got the skills to use the technology that we have already, and we're struggling in that. And if we're going to start bringing new technology in, well, we still need to train this AI to learn our environment and know what our problems, what we're trying to achieve. And if we don't even understand our problems, understand the organization, understand our kind of objectives in relation to organizational goals, then where the hell are we going to put the AI? That's my kind of take on that. Right, right in the middle oh. goes right in the middle. JJ.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I'd smart laughs> no, I want I want to go to David with this because I, I, you're touching on an important point. So there's the technology, there's the skills used, the technology, there are the processes, and in, in your factory example, configured or whatever, even just one one millimeter off could, in, especially in something like a car, could like destroy the whole supply chain um, and, and make that car uh, have tons of recalls. Um so David, I'm wondering, do what what skills I'm looking at this primarily from the analyst perspective, sitting in the sock. What skills should they be asking their leadership team for training on right now? And maybe a view into the future of what what should they be preparing for for the SOC of tomorrow in terms of skills and
5: training? Um I think a lot of uh, you know, like uh, red, like different kinds of uh, red teaming exercises, things like that. But also, I think too, maybe just training on uh, more like uh, effective like communication skills. I think that that's that's something really big that we should be training on, and also training analyst how to use the sim tool to break down because no uh how how to actually use the tool uh you know because all all the sims you know it's pretty much the, the the same it's just a matter of like figuring out you know how how to drive it's like how to how to drive a vehicle you know trying to figure out uh the fundamentals of, of everything so i think that's a that's a really good place to, to start on that. And, uh, as far as like what, what you was asking JJ about AI, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't worry. I'm the same way. I, I don't worry about AI taking jobs from people because people, there's always going to have to be someone, you know, run the AI and, uh, and it may not be like JJ said all the time ran cor- correctly. So, that's something that we'll have to, uh, to see, you know, in the, in the, in the future, but, but yeah, there, there'll always be a need for someone like the human human eye to go in and, and, uh, you know, look for, uh, anomalies because, you know, AI is just not, just not going to be efficient enough.
1: Yeah. So Jules, I want to, I want to close with, with you as we, as we wrap up here. So same same general question in terms of skills and and training, and perhaps more from a, a cultural perspective. Can we train for a culture <laughs> that that supports the SOC analysts to operate and 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 function in a healthy space, uh, in in alignment with the business objectives, not just uh, because some metric says so.
3: Um. So we have to, and and I think. This is something when I first started the work I do back in 2019, um, everyone was talking about awareness and asking me how I competed with No Before and, and, their, and other technologies. And often I basically said, well, what are you looking for the impact to be? What do you want that end outcome to be? Um, because we can put any platform in. I'm agnostic. In fact, we partner with all the technologies. The technology in of itself, won't solve the problem. So adding AI to technology that's got limited function is not going to make it replace an analyst. What I'll say, what I will say though is, it's important to have value beyond the analyst because there is an active effort by big business to reduce and shrink the security teams actively. In fact, there's a lot of discussion that in the next five years, we're gonna start to see less and less actual security departments in organizations. If you think about the first person that kind of did that, Meta. They removed the CISO and then they embedded people with those skill sets across the organization. That is what they want the future to be. And it's why the investment in AI is happening is to deliberately replace analysts. The problem that we always see is, they've tried to do this over and over and over again. We're still watching self-enabled, self-driving cars drive off bridges right? Because there's nobody at the helm. So, they, so But there's actively this replacement. You're going to see the team start to shrink and they replace them with automation. And that's the end goal. So humans who communicate better, who are build strong relationships, who align with the business, and actually tie their work to revenue. And I ask all analysts, how can you tie what you do to the revenue of the organization? Answer, think about how you can help sales Think about how you can make it cheaper to work with you and across the organization. But the the sec, the modern, the, the future of security operations will be much more heavily automated, but the impact of it will be more profound because it will in fact be embedded in the other decisions that are made, being made across the organization. So I'm both excited about what's to come, but I do want to warn SOC analysts that it is important to develop skills beyond technology. You need to develop culture, listening and the way you speak and present will be, um, you know, so critical as we move forward in this space.
2: Well said, Jules. Well said. JJ, we're going to have you finish with yep. maybe some skills, advice, tips. And uh, I think people are, they've been patient with us until the <laughs> end. They will want to hear that. So you go.
4: Okay. Three big tips to fruit- <laughs> prove yourself as a sock analyst and, First one is understanding your objectives and your functional objective. Your performance should never, ever be based on your self-perception of how well you're doing. It should be how well you're doing in relation to your objectives. If you're not privy to these dimensions, you're gonna be constantly blind and it's it's subjective performance at that stage. Secondly, understand technology shifts, such as AI. Your expertise is grounded on the knowledge on this technology shifts. So look at what's been adopted by businesses and look at how businesses are using this technology. Thirdly, communication, understanding, perception, and adaptability are key skills to be an effective stock analyst in the future.
1: I love it. And with that, I say we, uh, we, we close here. I want to thank each of you for uh, sharing your insights and experience with us and uh, those that are listening and watching, and hopefully a, f- a few takeaways. I think for me, the human's still at the center. We can leverage technology to our benefit, but only if we have an understanding driven by communications with our peers, our leaders and the business, to understand how we fit in and and can measure ourselves against those outcomes that we're all trying to achieve together. Um, So hopefully that's a good summary for everybody and hopefully there are nuggets here for for folks to take back to their SOC uh, as part of the overall SOC Analyst Appreciation Day. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all the analysts. I appreciate the other panels uh, that are participating in today's uh, very important day, uh, hosted by the, the great team at Devo. And uh, Marco, I'm thrilled to be part of this. I'm glad you're glad you're on this, or me with you, whatever. <laughs> whatever.
2: Whatever he said, I appreciate said it. it. So yeah, no, really, appreciate to everyone. It's important. Let's remember that at a human level.
0: and Society.